Mission Daily is back. You know who I am, and I'm joined as always by... Hey, everyone. It's Stephanie. We are excited to have you here. If you've heard that number that we keep throwing out, it's for you. It's for you to text. Just go ahead and text it. You might not know what type of response you get. Or who will be responding. Until you try. Is Is it it Chad? Who knows? Is it the baby? I don't know. Who knows? Could be the the chief baby officer at 833-308-0863. We'll hear from you soon. And now let's jump on to the show. Did you get those rocks out of your shoe? I did. I had a lot of them. <laughs> You're struggling. Yeah, I was just uh, been running over in the field. And yes, you got to be sure you don't get pebbles in your shoe. And if you do, you have to pause and take them out when you get them. I don't thought... let them accumulate. There's some type of wise life advice baked in there as well. I actually thought you were about to give me life advice when you were telling <laughs> me pebbles in my shoe. And I thought you were about to go off on a tangent of like, and here's how you should view life. And I'm like, oh, you actually meant you had a pebble in your shoe. No, I was just uh, yeah running through the uh, baseball part of the field and a bunch of dirt got kicked up. At a certain point, you really have to start naming those, you know, like Fred. Fred's a pebble in your shoe. And pick different names for him, you know? If you view it from the uh, philosophical lens, then yeah, yeah. But if you have pebbles in your shoes or if you're in sandals or whatever you're doing with your footwear, welcome to Mission Daily, everyone. And today's episode, we're talking about late bloomers and blooming on time, more importantly. So we have this idea in our culture of late bloomers. And unfortunately, that language kind of poisons the well. And what I mean by that is it implies that there's the right time to bloom and that if you don't bloom at an early socially culturally manufactured age you're kind of worthless so there are all kinds of posts online about like late bloomers and folks who have achieved quote unquote success later in life and this is just like this whole stereotype and really really important cultural impasse that we have to shatter yeah i mean it's hard when the media shows you those quick hits And you don't really realize there was actually a lot of people who started really great companies and did really great things later in life. And the one thing I think that you would probably appreciate is I found a plant that takes a long time to bloom. I feel like every person can find their plant and be like, that's me. So the agave Americana plant Mm -hmm. is called the century plant. It takes 10 years to bloom. Oh, wow. That's my plant, my spirit plant. (laughs) That's really cool. I might be 10 years behind, but... No, I think that's a fascinating idea too, because again, we think on such short timescales and sometimes we have messed around in the past in writing with adding a zero before the year date. Uh, It's something that the Long Now Foundation does. It's a nonprofit. Maybe you've heard of the 10,000 year clock that they're behind. Um, Jeff Bezos backed it. Yeah. And um, the actual clock is in West Texas, but there's the Long Now Foundation (laughs) out here, which has a replica of the 10,000 year clock and many other things. And long-term projects on the walls. And one of the uh, cultural kind of strategies or plans they've implemented is this idea of writing zero in front of the year to remind people to think in terms of millennia, like great projects. They don't happen in year one, year two, year three. It's going to take 10 years to realize, you know, it might take a decade, it might take centuries or generations. And the more that we can be thinking in terms of these larger timescales, the better, because this idea that, you know, you need to achieve success again, quote unquote success by, you know, your late teens, or you have to get on this track by your 
junior year or your, your freshman year of high school or whatever is crippling because all of these tracks that we have now lead to the past with these industries that are being redefined and re-emerging and jobs that are, you know, emerging right now that are new, highly paid or desirable positions. There isn't an existing track that leads to them. There are tracks that lead to the past and many of these industries that are credentialed or licensed. However, the future is being written in this, um, you know, exploratory way where there aren't any tracks. So we got to kick off these uh, these old labels in yeah. order to get there. So you were reading a book about this. And yeah, there's a great new yeah. book out. Tell me a bit about that because you felt very strongly about how good of a book it was. I haven't read it yet, but I want to hear what even sent you that way other than obviously looking into flowers like I did. So I've just read <laughs> a lot about it. And like anyone out there who's read a post on late bloomers to make themselves feel better about their age compared to what they think they should be or whatever, you know, I've fallen into that trap a lot and it's really bothered me. And I've worked hard lately in therapy and in other places to take off this idea that there's a right age to do something or that I need to find someone else to compare myself against. It's, it's basically just this horrible trap and this horrible bunch of quicksand that I've been trying to get out of for a long time. So there's this new book out. It's called Late Bloomers by Rich Carligan. And yeah, it's excellent. So he just points out that the in the media, the amount of times that Wonder Kid or reference to early success have grown recently is unconscionable. So it's just all over the place now. And meanwhile, great achievements happen at all. I mean, they're all over the board because often these early achievements too, these folks are getting onto treadmills that they don't ever get off of. So they inherently end up exploring like one thing or one industry, and they might reach the pinnacle of that. However, it's questionable about were they ever free to get off of that? Yeah, because I mean, it's hard after four or five years of just starting something where then you feel like you have all this built up knowledge that you can't right. abandon. I know I even kind of felt like that in the early days of being in finance of like, oh my gosh, I've been in finance for however many years. I can't get hired anywhere else because that's all I know. And I'll be throwing away my knowledge and no one will hire me. And it gets hard. You really have to break out of that trap. For sure. And I think the other trap too, is that uh, what's interesting about first time founders or successful companies now is they're, they're actually started the successful ones that last um, or ventures. I say companies, but it could be anything. It could be like your, you know, your research institution, your nonprofit, your benef public benefit corporation, your art project, your art group, your musical group, anything like that. The successful ones are started by people that are older. So for companies, I mean, on average, the founders are like 40, they're 37, they're, they're much older than the media would have you believe. And if we back this up all the way to where the idea of like early achievement and early bloomers starts, it's with this idea of standardized testing. And one of the most interesting things about the book is it goes back to the founder of the SATs who, before his death, basically went on this rant about how wrong they had been with the idea of SATs, which basically just measures your IQ at a fixed period in time. And it's based on how well you've been doing in the factory farm school system, uh, for, lack, like, for lack of a better word. And it's a very, very narrow test when there's a lot more in terms of like intelligence research. And anyways, 
the test, the creator called it a glorious fallacy. And he went on to say, he compared it with psychophrenology. Uh, so psycho, uh, let's, let me get this right. Psychophrenology, that's for anyone that's listening, is the pseudoscience of studying the number of bumps and the location of different bumps on the skull. And back in the day, a lot of medical folks used to use this as a predictor of intelligence and other tr other traits and you got a bumpy head you must be smart <laughs> yeah or you have a weird like you have a weird bump here you're defective and you should not be allowed to do this like oh. that's how that's how perverse and how messed up this field of psychophrenology was and the creator of the sat eventually compared his work his masterwork the sat with psychophrenology it's and weird that it's still to this day being used I have no idea why this is happening. And if you look into the research too about, especially where we're at in Palo Alto, the incidences of teen depression and suicide because of pressure, cited pressures from the educational system are continuing to grow. So today, five to eight times as many high school and college students meet the diagnostic criteria for major depression or anxiety disorder as did in the 1960s. And recently, the CDC found that 16% of high school students in the United States reported seriously considering suicide. 13% reported a plan for it. 8% reported trying to take their own life in 12 months. And that is very dark. And for anyone listening that's struggling out there, get help if you need it, reach out to a friend. But that's what the education system and that's what this cra crazy idea that we've been running with has is doing to people. And, you know, in some ways, the, the blessing of everything that's been going on now is this opportunity to get away from this model of education that's based on IQ testing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just about to say is that even though horrible things have been happening with COVID-19 and, you know, a lot's been going on, I actually think it's been a good time to stop and reflect about the state of the world before this. And even with a lot of the interviews I'm doing where people talk about how now there's this new era of like conscious consumers and people wanting to make sure like, you know, where's my food coming from? Where am I? Where's the apparel that I'm buying coming from? Like, how do I think about my day? Do I even need to go into an office? How much yeah. time do I want to spend with my kids? Like what's important? It's been a nice time to kind of stop and like reflect on almost everything, including, you know, do you need to go to a school or if so, maybe there's a better, a better way to do it. Yeah. And the biggest discoveries too, I'm not going to go in like all the different ones or the different like late blooming business successes where people have achieved, uh, you know, their success or their, you know, masterwork or whatever later in life. There's a bunch of them that the book outlines. The one thing though, I do want to keep going into is that you're blooming and the idea of blooming, like it's going to happen in a world and in a, you know, a place where you're exploring where you're playful, where you're relaxed. I don't think that anyone flourishes in this situation of mental duress, which is what the education system, which is what the media is kind of forcing people into these compartmentalized, tracked, weird, weird, uh, weird things. And it's really important to just shift your worldview on what is possible and when it's possible. So there's two different types of intelligence that cognitive research shows us. There is fluid intelligence that's abbreviated in scholarly papers and books as GF and crystallized intelligence, which is abbreviated as GC. So fluid intelligence is our capacity to reason and solve different problems um, independent of knowledge from the past. 
And so this is something that comes about when you're identifying abstract patterns, when you're using logic, and when you use inductive and deductive reasoning. I'm trying to think. That, so you're not using the past to help influence your decisions more. Is it more like a quick... like On-the-spot analysis. And okay. yeah, that hmm. type of fluid intelligence peaks earlier in life. And meanwhile, there's something called crystallized intelligence. So that's abbreviated as GC. So this is the ability to use skills, knowledge, experience, facial expressions from people, body language, and generally use the sum total of all of your direct experience plus, you know, third person experience from books and education and media and things like that. So that peaks much, much later in life. And that can rise throughout middle age and beyond. So the idea that you're just getting, you know, worse and worse is just throw that away. Your intelligence is going to expand to the degree in which you have novel experiences, the way, to the degree in which you apply them. And really, it's not going to start expanding until you give yourself permission to cast off all of that crap from the past about you have to achieve something by a certain age. You don't. And bloom on your own, own schedule and being a late bloomer or having you know somebody say you're a late bloomer used to be a compliment. In culture, that used to be a sign of grace and uh, like savvy, like you had, you know, figured out a secret. You had figured out this way to kind of get there that was easy, that was uh, relaxing, and you didn't, you know, almost kill yourself in the process of, of getting there. Yep. So That's really I really want to shatter say. those, those, uh, yeah, there's just the really, really big fallacies that uh, the educational system and the creator of the SAT uh, forced us into. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of also, it reminded me to stop rushing. Like there's not a certain point that I'm rushing to, to then like get onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Like, even if you're like, I'm going to do this, this, and this, like once you get there, you're going to just go onto the next thing. And if you don't just stop and like enjoy and look around, like, what do you have? Even if you're building something that's stressful, like I'm sure there's something good that you can look at or you're, you know, in a career that's maybe feeling a little bit, I don't know, tough or anything. Yeah. I just think there's no point in rushing to that next moment because a lot of people, like when you read all those interviews with like the older people who are looking back on life, everything they say is like, just stop and enjoy. Like those are some of the best times you're alive. Those years were the best. Those memories were the best. And um, yeah, I think those, that's the kind of people I like listening to because there has to be some wisdom in that if multiple, multiple people say the same thing. For sure. And if you're always trying to arrest yourself out of the present with, you know, worries from the past or worries from the future, like that's a horrible way to live. Yeah. And the costs of this, we talked about some of the costs with depression uh, and then you, Steph, sparked this idea uh, that I, the one more thing that I wanted to bring up because you were talking about you know doing the research for different types of um, food items. Let's just call them food items broadly, because a lot of countries outside the U.S. have a much much better testing and safety system for their food products. Yeah, and you can trust them way more, like the manufacturing. And, that, yeah, yeah, less metals, less all kinds of things that get inadvertently added added to them. So. Why would our education system be any different? Because often the whole idea that, you know, we, oh, if you have uh, an inability to sit still or to follow this early blooming crazy model that we have, you get prescribed medication. That's not normal. So if you look outside the United States, so inside the United States, kids are 14 times more likely to be on medication for ADD compared to a kid in the UK. And that's uh, an economy in a country that's, mirrors ours like pretty closely we you know you would mm-hmm. think and so 
Also, kids in the U.S. are 40 times more likely to be diagnosed and treated for quote unquote bipolar disorder as kids are in Germany. And also kids are 93 times more likely to be on medications like resveratrol and Zyprexa used to control behavior compared to a kid in Italy. So these are just some statistics about what's going on outside of the country because it is not what is going on here. And I think kids' failure to adapt to this weird system that we have, we're going to have to change that. And luckily, with everything going on, there's an opportunity to see outside of it and to give your kids the privilege of being enough just as they are. And you know that's not going to start until we give ourselves the, the privilege and the permission of being who we are. And like Joseph Campbell, he said it best, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And you're not going to get to feel that until you drop the idea that you should bloom at a certain time. You're blooming right on time and you're beautiful. Thank you. That <laughs> was just for me. Huh? I yeah. love it. <laughs> All right. to everyone listening, bloom at your own pace. Don't let anybody convince you that you have to be an early bloomer or a late bloomer or anything in between. Decide your own pace, block out the noise and bloom on your schedule. And if you find a spirit flower like I did, <laughs> text us. Let me know. If you find plants that are thinking on decade and century timescales, text us. Let us know. All right. See you next time. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. This podcast and all of the 12 others in our network now are brought to you by world-class sponsors. If you are a company that's looking for original content and marketing, head over to mission.org studios to learn more. Learn why some of the biggest brands in the world trust us to create results. If you're a B2B company, especially, we would love to hear from you. We have original content and marketing campaign ideas for days, and we give them out free of charge. Head over to mission.org studios to connect with me, Steph, or Toasty, our mascot, and learn more. Mission.org studios or click the link in the show notes. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.